Hi, you've called Age. And Mitch. And this is Message on the Machine. Gritty conversations by smooth operators. You know what to do. Well, it is absolutely battle stations here. Yeah. Me and you. Man the doors. We've got a curfew. (laughs) We need to actually bang this one out. So The government has set a time limit on how much (laughs) we can talk tonight. Yeah, I mean, it was probably time for them to intervene at some point, so... (laughs) Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Message on the Machine. My name is Age. And I'm Mitch. And we are recording this with a lockdown pending. That's right. So, by the time you guys hear this, fingers and toes, I'm going to predict into the future that we're out of the lockdown. No, we won't be dull. It's seven days. Oh, perfect. Yeah, well... You'll be hearing this then in (laughs) lockdown, so I hope that's going well for you. If you're in Melbourne, I mean, we have Latvian listeners, so... True, this is correct. I shouldn't... uh, Don't pigeonhole the audience, please, Dal. Thank you. Yeah, I I definitely should take everyone to... You know, if you're in Perth, well, lucky you, or wherever the fuck you are. Pricks. All you lucky people. (laughs) Uh, No, but yes, we've just found out today that we're going into a lockdown, so... Number six. With number... The big... (laughs) Big six. The big six. The devil's number, in fact. Yeah, well, yeah. it feels appropriate. It does, yeah. So we grabbed our mics, ran down to the studio and thought... We actually have to bash this out right now. Yep, yep, that's right. Here we are. I think that's called dedication. Yeah. Do you know what really um, has thrown me about this one is the 8pm. Usually we get given till 11.59 to, like, say our piece. 100%. And this time it's just like, oh, you've literally... Nah. Nah. Don't, hope you're not hungry. Your freedom sets with the sun. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, tonight we are having a beer. Well, I'm having a beer. Yeah, I'm strictly Mitch not. Mitch is not having a beer. Do you want to tell the listeners why you're not having a beer, doll? It's a handle with care kind of day with me today. Um, you probably tell from my voice. It's mm. not the usual clear whistle that I have. The listeners know when... <laughs> <laughs> it's very telling. It's a dusty day or a clean day. So I actually had my graduation last night for my course. Congratulations. Thank I'll you. cheers to you. Yep, thank you. I um didn't get the certificate because it just wasn't there. Perfect. <laughs> so there's no proof of grad. Those four months of gruelling work. <laughs> I just went at the end of the table, the collection table, yeah. because I didn't win any awards or anything, so I wasn't being given it up on stage. Yeah. Um, and I said my name and there was just nothing there for me. And she was like, I think someone's taking your award because I checked them all before we came. Oh, as in so other people got one, but yours just wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, no, everyone else got one. <laughs> and I was me, literally me after probably 40 wines that were poured to the brim, was running around going, I've been robbed. Oh, my God. This is a crime. That's so funny. I just thought you meant like, oh, they didn't do the awards. No, no, no. No, No, just me. Just a nun for Gretchen Wieners. Mm. Yeah. And one of the other gays that was there did slide into my DMs this morning saying, did you you manage to find your award? Oh, isn't that a bit of a play? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, we know those tricks. I appreciate it. He's paying attention. Yeah. It's not like you're going to do anything about it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Oh, that's good. Well, congrats to that. Yeah. So it was a Wednesday night, um, which is an annoying night for an alcohol-fueled function. It's a school night, though. Yeah, exactly right. And my work paid for the course, though. So I thought I need to get their money's worth here and empty out the bar. And then just be super unproductive the next day. (laughs) You're welcome. For the company who paid. It was quite nice. So my GM just said... You know, you showed up. I don't care if you just have a nap today. Oh, You're here. Nice. And that's what matters in advertising. Well, look at that. You know, what an industry. Yeah, I found my people for yeah. sure. <laughs> anyway, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm standard burning the candle at both ends or something. I was going to say burning the midnight oil, but that's the wrong saying. So yeah, yeah thanks for the rest. Never stopped you before. Correct. <laughs> no, I am. Um, this week's been interesting. So latest update for me is... I think I'm moving on out. Yeah, from the... From my humble abode. Yeah, from your ivory tower. I know. Across the river. I'm in the process at the moment of... My house is currently up on the market to rent. If you're listening, send me a DM if you're interested. Two bedroom, gorgeous. Oh, it's stunning. Freshly renoed. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. She is nice. Lots of... um, Gold finishings and like matte black and, yeah. you know, if that's your vibe. Yeah. <laughs> Classic me. I could um, never live there. Nothing that I own would match. No, not at all. 
but yeah, no. So it is a bit weird though. Like it's, she's definitely my little baby that I renoed and it's, I've definitely gone through the ups and downs of like, is this really what I want to do? Don't mm. know. But um, I had a really great opportunity pop up in Port Melbourne, which is closer to my office. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I think it's time, time to turn that into an investment. It's served its purpose. And yeah, yeah. Great. so fingers and toes, we're in the, process of working it all out though now so hopefully maybe by next app i'll have an outcome for you all amazing so now mm. you're moving closer to me that little bit inch closer <laughs> is it at all because you've lost your license <laughs> next question no. <laughs> no i haven't yet but i'm my ploy thank you for bringing that up mm. is that i think that if i obviously work and live in the same suburb walking distance Less travel, less chance of that one point clocking over. Less opportunity to run a red or speed. Absolutely. Or I'm sure you'll still find a way. Just meet up to Coles. <laughs> I'm not worried. <laughs> anyway, so what did you Google this week, Mitchell? So in the similar vein of me as discussed last week, which by the way, everyone just loved that episode. Last week's app, great. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't listened to it, we go were just back. on fire. I was listening back to us even, just really having a giggle. <laughs> Sometimes I think, am I allowed to laugh at myself that much? Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> Doing it every week. <laughs> the whole episode is just us laughing. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I was just a bit curious about the queer representation at the Olympics. Oh, what a great thing to be curious about. Well, you know, it's just like there's got to be like dressage, for example. Surely everyone's doing that to poof. <laughs> I mean, let's name... Okay, let's think of the obvious ones. I'm thinking like rhythmic gymnastics with yep. the, the twirling. Uh, do men do that with the ribbons? <laughs> well, there could be some lesbians doing it. Well, true. And there's, um, you know, female hockey. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. play that. Yeah, yeah. For sure. There was actually... I, can't, I don't have the exact number because no one's quite sure. Um, but something to the vein of 170 queer athletes at the Olympics this How year. How do they get that information? Like, hi, age, sex. Like, you can't ask that question on no. your application form. And a lot of the countries, it's actually not legal to disclose That's that it. information. So, I mean, maybe it could be like, go through your luggage. Like, oh, this rainbow jock strap and bottle of amyl. <laughs> must and must be a lesbian. Do- and what sport are you here to do? Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> the equestrian. Yeah, right. Yeah. Dressage. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just was curious and turns out there's a lot of us. We're in force, as per usual. Mm. Which, I think we just like a parade. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the reason that a lot of gay people seem to go to the Olympics. Imagine how like cool it would be if, like, you know how when they win the like, at track and they win and they run with their flag, if someone just ran with like a rainbow flag instead? Yeah, that'd be gorgeous. Iconic. M- mood. If any gay Olympian is listening... We'd love to have you on the show. Do it. <laughs> anyway, what did you Google this week? Mine's a little bit, um, maybe not as intellectual as yours. Surprise. But still scientific. Okay. Which is great. (laughs) Something Um, about building bridges over water or... No, not quite. It is anatomy based. Oh, yeah. Why is my ear hot and red? (laughs) Now, have you ever suffered from that? Um, what, just persistently hot and red? You know, like, have you ever had your ear just get really hot and red and it just stays red and it goes almost fluorescent red? I think it's called an ear infection. No. <laughs> no. It's What's not. the answer? It's called flushing. What did WebMD have to say on the matter? <laughs> WebMD, actually healthline.com, mm. hashtag not spawn, says <laughs> red ears may be a result of body flushing or blushing. Okay. So then I think, like, well, was I embarrassed? I don't think I was, but anyway. You should have been. Probably. Look what you're Googling. Yeah. Uh, it's basically an emotional reaction resulting in your blood vessels opening wider in certain areas because of s- signals in the nervous system. Maybe you were listening to some Lady Gaga well, and your I ear just... just got a bit excited. And I Googled it like later, not at the time, because I remembered like, wow, my ear was really hot then. Oh, it really left an impression. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm curious as to what was I thinking about or doing at that time. Yeah, right. So... As part of my experiment uh-huh. and my studies, I'll be monitoring when my ear goes red and documenting Good. that. I can't wait for you to share more. Of your... And we'll do a whole segment every ep on Adrian's red ear. Oh, we'll just do an ear episode. Perfect. Sounds fun. I'm so glad we agreed. Hey, Alexa. 
play work by Rihanna. Because that is the theme of the day. Ooh, not bad. How's that for a kickoff? Or also, hey, Siri. Wait, does Siri play music? Yep. Yeah. She's listening right now. My phone just lit up. <laughs> hey, Siri, play work from home, Fifth Harmony. Oh, yeah. Another one. Well, very fitting for the current climate, isn't it? Well, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> They're ahead of their time, those girls. <laughs> Very clever. Anyway, to jump into the main event of today, we are talking about work. Yes. The good, the bad, the underpaid. <laughs> Severely. <laughs> we've all been there. Yep. We, uh, you know, we've been talking about work a lot between the two of us recently, and people just seem to, for some reason, love the topic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously my journey since we've started this podcast oh, has been, been chaos. documented. I yeah. Started without a job. Mm. So this was my job, mm-hmm. volunteering for all mm. of you. So that was good. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then started that whole journey and everyone's been quite invested. So so we decided to spin a whole yarn about it. Let's do it. Yeah. So should we just kick straight in? Let's go back. I want to yeah, start at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Can you tell me what your first job was? Because I actually don't know. And I think that it, like a first job, there's just something hilarious about it. If you had to pick what you, knowing me, which mm. you obviously do yeah, quite well. Yeah. If you had to pick like what a stereotypical first job would be for me, knowing my personality, what do you think it would have been? Um, God, probably spinning one of those signs <laughs> on the front of a car wash. <laughs> In an oversized suit, in my dad's suit. <laughs> what I just assume they're just called a sign spinner. Yeah, <laughs> great. What was it actually? Um, so my first job was actually at Baker's Delight. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. My second guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fat boy in the bakery. <laughs> early riser. That's right. <laughs> Still an early riser. Yeah. Thanks to that Some job. Some things never change. It's a great skill that I learned. Do you wake up at 5am and just think, fuck, I've got to get the rolls on. Quickly. The dough's ready. <laughs> No, I wasn't in the back. I wasn't a baker. I was at the front. Oh, front of house. Would like to say I was the first uh, male to ever work front of house. Well, yeah. So paving the way for yeah. the community. <laughs> like we need the most feminine male that we've got. Get you on the register. <laughs> most feminine, overweight male. I think I've made this reference before. Anyone who's watched Modern Family, <laughs> Manny. The young boy who drinks the little espresso is basically me. With a baker's delight hat on. As a child. <laughs> Literally. So, yeah, Baker's was a vibe. Um, How was it? Did you like it? Actually loved it. I remember um, after my first day, such a... What a loser now I look back. But, like, I remember calling my boss after my first day and I was like, I just wanted to let you know I had such a great day and I'd like to pick up some more shifts whenever I can. Do you know, those are the kinds of things that get you more shifts, though. Can I just say, before I knew it, I was the only person under 18, big deal, to have a shop key. And oh, cash up. Settle. So, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> God, settle down. I had my manager Baker's apron on <laughs> from an early age. At what age were you a manager at Baker's Delight? I think I was like, I would have been like 16. God, look at you go. And I was friends with all of the girls there, so we just had the best fucking time. You're, we- like, you're like that person in Undercover Boss that everyone just hates. Okay. I just said that we had a great time, so I'm not sure if that's factual. No, we just used to eat all the food, to be honest. Really? We just, I used to honestly, because I was a growing boy, like going through puberty, I just used to go up to the front counter. Sorry, Nigel, if you're listening, owner of the store. Um, I would just bob down and grab like a finger bun and just eat the icing off the top and then chuck the bun in the bin. <laughs> just well, I mean, so much bread gets thrown out at the end of the day anyway, doesn't sweet it? sweet craving. Yeah. Yes, it does. It all gets donated to charity. So, you know, oh, I, do the, I do the afternoon shift. Oh, so you were actually taking directly from the mouths of the homeless. I am a charity case, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what? Classic, typical me, wog, little wog boy. I The Baker's Delight was next to a deli. Mm-hmm. So I'd go around the corner, go to the deli, get some fresh cold meats, come back around and like Fucking a dip. Hell. Fresh cold meats, come back around, grab a fresh hot roll out of the oven and oh just make my myself God. a little, no, no, would be making up little sandwiches at the back. Yeah, God, no wonder everyone loved you. You've got bloody <laughs> meal prep on. That's it. Out in the backyard. What was your first gig? Um, a gorgeous little Mexican bistro called Taco Bill. <laughs> and I also fucking loved it. Perfect. I was, like, so keen to get to work. Like, I mean, before that, you know, you've done a bit of babysitting or whatever, but mm-hmm. I need a paycheck. I need a slip. Yeah. 
Um, and Gosh, that money. Yeah. And I was 14 and like eight months. Yeah. Like get in early. I'll start handing in resumes. Yeah. Um, Taco Bill called me after I slipped it under the door. As your mum mentioned, which I found out when we had the mums in that episode. That was cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a go-getter from an early age. Yeah. Um, they actually hired me and I couldn't start work for like four days because I wasn't quite at the legal working age. <laughs> um, and as you can imagine, Taco Bill is a very upstanding, law-abiding Absolutely. Um, they don't establishment. big fish bowls to underage people at all. <laughs> never, never. Speaking of, did you drink them when you worked there? All the time. I think that my drinking habits actually were born at Taco Bell. <laughs> I was there probably from 14 and eight months and, you know, 28 days until about <laughs> 17. Yep. Which is like, welcome to the world of alcohol kind of yes. years for a lot of people. Yeah. And I used to just, I think I was pretty much the only person who worked there who was underage because they liked to hire people who could serve drinks, obviously, because that's... Super convenient. Yeah the, yeah, the main point of the restaurant, really, is just annoying, like, nachos in the middle of the table that everyone forks around Yeah, with their hats on. I was going to ask, so are you familiar with the menu? Because I would say that that food, to me, sounds repulsive. Oh, it's disgusting. So <laughs> what would you eat? Like, what would you recommend if someone needed to go to Taco Bill? What, what's something that they could actually... I don't even know if... Like, are there even Taco Bills around still? Like a nacho? Can we get a good nacho? The nacho is actually pretty good. It's safe, right? It's How do you safe. fuck that up? Everything that was like meat, yes. like burritos and stuff prepared, was actually cooked mostly in the microwave. It's giving me like bridesmaids vibes a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, I ate some of that weird grey meat. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> quite actually, exactly that. Yeah. and I mean, it was quite tasty, mm. but you just don't want to know how the sausage is made. Do Not you? at all. <laughs> and I was unfortunately frontline. Yeah, watching the preparation of those sausages. Well, that's what I always think about people who worked at McDonald's, like. I don't get to see what goes on at the back. And I don't want to. And I don't want to. No. I'm so happy just unwrapping my little cheeseburger. Yeah, that's blissfully the, unaware. It's got a little bit of grease on the outside because this young 15-year-old's just slapped it together. <laughs> and that's good enough for me. It's <laughs> exactly what I need. I don't need any more information than yeah. that. Yeah. So the drinks were at a very high standard, mm-hmm. like weirdly high. Like we had like a fair few like top shelf liquors. Okay. As options. <laughs> Probably where they went wrong. That were just served with like slop. <laughs> but I loved it. I would get like, I would get quite drunk on shift sometimes. Absolutely. Once, you know, I went upstairs, there was like an, a function happening in the upstairs part of the restaurant. And um, I just kept running up just, you know, see what's happening. Yeah. And the girls that were managing that function were just like free pouring tequila, mm-hmm. basically. And little, like, 15-year-old me is like, yeah, I'll get in on that. No worries. <laughs> then I come downstairs and I poured a whole plate of lettuce on a five-year-old girl. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. She lived. That's okay. <laughs> Play didn't hit her. Well, we've got Taco Bill to thank for your iron stomach. Yeah, it's trained me well. It's what you had a drink from <laughs> such an early age. It's where I built the base. I'm just thinking then, like, I just had a flashback to a moment. Like, so, post Baker's Delight, I was, I got a job at a cafe as well. Mm-hmm. And I actually was juggling two jobs at the time. thought I was so good. I was oh, like, yeah, I've got hello. two jobs. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm, I've actually got two jobs. Like telling everyone in like year 12 yeah, that yeah, I thought yeah, I was so good. Anyway, so I was working. I don't know as, how she does it. No, literally. Classic me. <laughs> Been juggling from way back. <laughs> and anyway, so I remember once I was did this shift at this cafe. And like by this point, I was like really, I thought my, like I owned the cafe basically. Mm. Like It's I'm, not like you. Not at all. <laughs> they actually did a photo shoot once. And because they wanted to put, like, new art on the walls mm-hmm. of, like, people drinking coffee. So mm-hmm. I volunteered, naturally, to be the model on yeah. the day. I'm so- assuming just, like, a overweight, pimply <laughs> Italian woman. <laughs> Pretty much. Although I wasn't... I was a bit matured by then. I thought I'd peaked. Oh, okay. Little did I know <laughs> that the peak was yet to come. Yeah, still is. But I remember volunteering to be this model. So there's like, it's still to this day, if you go to this cafe, there's photos of me on the walls all around this whole cafe. Oh, wow. Of like me drinking coffee, me Face walking, shots. A hundred percent face like shots. Like glamour shots. Yeah. Wow. And they're all in black and white. Is there a hair and makeup budget? Yeah, it's called do it yourself. Oh, okay. So it's <laughs> very DIY. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'm pretty sure I was the one who helped them turn the photos into black and white because I didn't even know how to do that. Oh, so, Right. So it's like some tasteful black and whites of yourself a- that you've just blasted <laughs> around this poor, unassuming cafe. I'm going to try and see if my mum can maybe go down there because she lives close by and like take a photo and I'll see if I can put they it They probably group. did not want that at all. 
<laughs> me forcing it. Literally, you're like, I've got this great idea to just liven up the place. Photos of me <laughs> on every wall. Sales will go up. People will drink coffee. And they're like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, well, they're going to be black and white. It's classy. Anyway, so this one day at the cafe, I was so hungover. Like, Mm. beyond. Standard. Yeah. And it was actually Father's Day the next day. Right. And I was blind the night before, hardly slept, got home really late and went to this shift, 6 a.m. start, whatever, like, Mm. and obviously we're like fully booked out. And I remember like taking a tray of drinks over to like this huge long table and navigating through a long table. If you've worked in hospo. Oh, it's hell. Hard. Yeah. And I literally like went to lean down to put a coffee down and the tray next to me, the tray I was holding, (laughs) also had a big glass of orange juice on it. And for whatever reason, I just leant too far and the, the orange juice just slid down, hit the lip of the tray and just waterfall down the back of this woman. And I'm not joking. She just went, <laughs> screamed. And I literally, literally, if someone had just got it, I basically could have just got the glass and tipped it on her head. Yeah, right. You should have. And she At least with some conviction. Furious. Oh, really? Like, she wasn't good about it. Yeah, right. Okay. And you're like, you know, when you're hungover, you're a bit shaky already. Mm. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm just like, like grabbing napkins, like yeah. trying to just yeah. frantically... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the only came over, just tapped me on the shoulder. I was like, I think you need to go outside. I'm like, yes, please. I think you need to go home, actually. Mm. See, that was one great thing about Taco Bill is the echelon of people generally that were in there were pretty lax mm. about a spill or, uh, you know, like we're not working in Gimlet. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> the pressure's a bit off. It's just 15-year-old drunks running around <laughs> managing the place. Sip for me, sip for you. <laughs> yeah, woo! Every glass I've handed out has got a bit of a lip missing. <laughs> on that note, though, surely, if I've been hungover at work, you're hungover on, today on a Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> and you're definitely a lot older. So, surely you've been there. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I was just about to say I actually was hungover at work today. Yes. Um, luckily, <laughs> at my current workplace, it's pretty much encouraged, it seems, to just show up hungover and just be quite vocal about that. Um, how do you navigate through a hangover at work? I feel, I feel like, especially in corporate, it's a lot of like, I'm here, I'm at my desk. Mm. I need to be seen, but you don't need to know what I'm actually doing. There's like, it's a long and storied tradition of like drinking when you work in advertising, Mm -hmm. like they go quite hand in hand. So the expectation is every now and again, you're going to be hungover at work. Okay. Um, like there's a lot of stories of like, you know, quite high up people at my work who have shown up straight from revs and oh. just just like tried their best for the day. <laughs> and it's really like the the party line is you're here, mm-hmm. you didn't pussy out and call in sick. Yeah. Whatever you get done today is a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like obviously I've been hungover many, many times at work in my past. Sure. Just part and parcel of the amount that I drink. Well, that's it. Um, one was, one bad one was at Maya. I did a little stint, a Christmas stint at Maya. Oh, you're a Maya Chrissy girl. Yeah, that's Maya right. Chrissy elf. Yeah. <laughs> in the giftorium. Next to Santa. <laughs> Mummy, why is that elf so fucking tall? <laughs> and why does he smell like whiskey? <laughs> um, it was a friend's birthday the night before and, you know, just got a little bit out of hand. Also, I was like, I don't start work until 11, so mm-hmm. I'm fine. Like, I can just throw caution to the wind because I've got till 11 a.m. to recover. Like, Class- that means anything. Classic, Mitch. Pushing <laughs> it to the limit. <laughs> so, I stopped drinking about 9 a.m. And then... Um, Jesus. I'm joking. It would have been 8.30. <laughs> um, and I was like, I can't do this shift. Mm. Like, it's just not, not possible. Like, I was vomiting. Like, Oh, yeah. So bad. So I called my boss, who was also a bit of a party boy, but tough as nails. A bit like me. Yeah, no. <laughs> I hate that I agreed to that. <laughs> um, and I called him and I was like, I'm so sorry. My car's broken down on Nepean Highway. Lying I'm dog. Not, I'm not going to be able to get there. You're a lying dog. And he's like, well, we really need you today on the floor. Yeah. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm just waiting for my... Like waiting for the, you know, roadside assist to come. It could take ages. They've told me it might be hours. I'm waiting for those people to come and help you who I called, but I don't know what they're called. <laughs> that RACQ or something. And he's like, well, that's okay. You know, it's it was like a 10-hour shift or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
whenever you can get here, just come. We really need you. Um, and just make sure that you bring the receipt from the RACV when you arrive. He's a smart man. Smart Something I would have done. Smart little prick. I was like, okay. And so... Googling then, how to make fake receipts. I'm lying in my friend's bed being like, what do I actually do right now? Like putting on my Maya whites and my tie. <laughs> Being like, this is fucked. And in the end, I was like, I'm just going to have to suck it up and just go. Yeah. And just make something up. And so I just showed up and he's like, oh, you're not looking your best. And I was just like, yeah, it was a really stressful wait with my car on the Pan Highway. <laughs> he's like, where's the receipt? And I was like, oh, he wasn't coming. So I just called my friend's uncle, who's a mechanic, and he came and towed me. Oh, fuck. Absolutely off. That's so annoying. And then he was just like, well, you're here now. That's what matters. And it was never mentioned again. And I went and vomited, I think, three times during that shift. Oh, there's no worse feeling. Oh, like I'm just standing in like the sort of weird, tepid temperature of Maya, surrounded by kettles that no one wants to buy. At Christmas time. Like, how long? Fuck off. Honestly, though, I've been like, I used to be in retail management for so long. So I've seen my fair share of like excuses. Yeah. And nothing boils your blood more than that classic, like, I've got gastro mm. or, oh, I'm not, and it's like, I know that you were out last night. You're 21 years old. Mm. I'm 25. Like, I'm not fucking yeah, born yeah. yesterday. Like, no. speaking of gastro. Yes. Um, I've used it. We all have. Surely you've said one time I have gastro, so I can't come to well, work. For anyone who's been following the journey of the year, I had explosive gastro <laughs> only a short month or two ago and I actually had to call in sick to the job that I just resigned from yeah so I resigned from that role and then three days later got this like went into the weekend and I got gastro over the weekend so first mistake is like calling in sick on a Monday like mm. alarm bell they 100% did not believe you in that moment oh, two weeks notice and five of those days I'm gonna need to be off sick like <laughs> Fuck me. Like, I know that looks bad, but I was actually genuinely sick. I was on my way to Taco Bill. God bless him. Yeah. Amazing fish bowls. R.I.P. Taco Bill. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, literally on the train on the way to my shift. And one of my friends called me and was like, I've just got two tickets to an Avicii concert. Oh, fuck For yeah. free. And I was like, great. And just hung up and got off the train <laughs> and went across to the other platform and got on the other way. <laughs> And just called them from the train and was like, I'm so sorry, I've got gastro, I can't come in. <laughs> and went to Avicii. <laughs> oh, you're naughty. I'm actually pretty good. I don't actually call in sick that often. I just... Just besides those recent five days. Just in case, unless I'm actually exploding on the loop. <laughs> no, I don't either. I definitely have sick days banked up. Hold on. I just want to circle back. Sure. To the Maya, Chrissy... Yeah, right. Yeah, because we both were both retail girls for a little while. We were both retail girls. Hmm. Uh, That was actually... Retail is like probably not majority of my career, but it probably half at least. Yeah, right. Mm. So lots of skills in Mm -hmm. this space. Mm. Uh, God, what a wanker I said. Lots of skills (laughs) in this space. Yeah, I'm very knowledgeable around the till. You know that character in um, that uh, Crystal Lee does in... What's it it called? Weirdos or... Uh, What's that show? Lunatics. Lunatics. And he's that guy who works in retail. If you know it, you'll find that the reference yeah, right, quite okay. funny. A bit lost on me, but that's okay. I'm not the audience. No. So, yes, I was a retail girl for a long time. Um, started as a casual, blah, blah, blah. Worked my way up. And then I was a regional manager. But I think there's a good set of skills that you can definitely learn from that. 100%. Standing. <laughs> Is one that comes to periods of time. Yeah. Sitting is the new smoking. So no wonder we were athletes. Customer service. Yep. Highly sought after in building, most roles. Building rapport. Yeah, that's it. Managing finances. So did you get kept on as a Chrissy casual or was that your choice to yeah, um, part ways with me? I Maya? honestly just hated that job. For some reason, they put me in electrical. Right. Like they've hired this, this fun little gay... From the suburbs. I'm picturing like Brett. From the <laughs> they put me in electrical with Brett. <laughs> and so they put me, yeah, in electrical. And I was just like, this is incorrect. And 
I should be in makeup. Yeah, I should, <laughs> I should be at the Revlon counter. And so I was just like so like vocal about the fact that I did not want to be in electrical. And they were like, too bad. You're good at it. No one wants to do it. Suck it up. You love kettles. <laughs> I was like, fuck. And it's so technical. Like, in you know, I watch the girls in shoes just being like all day, how's the fit? And then someone comes up to me and is like, now what's the gigahertz of this Nutribullet? <laughs> And how does it compare to the ninja? Oh my God, I can't. It's ridiculous. And so I was just like, I'm miserable here. I need to get out. Yeah. And it got to um, Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as we know, biggest retail day of the year. Huge. Huge. And I just went into it being like, I'm about to quit this job. Like I, I saw it out from for Christmas because do the right thing. Yeah. And I was like, I'm about to quit after this. So I just took the piss the whole day and like was talking to customers who were looking at a Dyson and being like, they're so cheap, Dal, just get two. And they just kept buying. It's funny when you find your confidence. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, we've got this gorgeous matching kettle for your toaster that you're buying. We are sold out of it, but maybe you should just get this one instead. And everyone was just loving me. And so they were just buying all this random shit that they didn't need. And then my manager came up to me the like at the end of the day and was like, you have actually topped sales for the <laughs> for the whole store today. I ended up pulling in like 120 grand. So I can relate. Mm. And it's so funny you say that because when I worked... So I used to work for Pandora. Yes. That was my claim to fame. Yep. Big pandy girl. Yeah. That was where I'd moved up through all my ranks and, you know, made my way in the industry. Yeah. Charms uh, on the wrist. Charms on the wrist. But I like... These women would just come in and all I would need to do, I'm not even kidding you, is just be like, and so anyone who knows Pandora knows the brand, especially back when I worked for them, it was quite big. It was huge, yeah. Um, So obviously most women come in looking for new charms for their bracelets, right? Mm. All I needed to do was just say, okay, so what's the occasion or what are you looking for or whatever? If I told someone that this butterfly represented new beginnings or whatever, Mm. they would just putty. Oh, eat it up. In my hand. Yeah. All I did, and I was so, like you, found that little bit of confidence. Yeah. And I just played into that. I was the gay one, the gay manager who worked at Pandora. Yeah, right. Who opened the Chadson store and people, women would come. I had people. From far and wide. I had people's numbers. Women would come and add me on WhatsApp and they would come and just, and they'd only want to be served by me. And I literally would just feed them anything Mm. and they just bought it it's and funny. i'm like all my team like why is it when you say it they listen and if i say the exact same thing that these women tell me to fuck off it's a skill you're born with it i do have a story about pandora of something that is still ingrained in my mind okay that has scarred me yeah which i can now share on the show mm. so pandora obviously sells rings in the store we have like what they call a ring sizer which is like a big long metal rod and you pop the ring on it and it basically tells you the size mm. anyway so this lovely um, Indian couple came in mm-hmm. and she was, the, the wife was decked out in like traditional Indian jewelry. Like she was wearing a sari. She looked stunning. Mm. Right. And anyone who knows like traditional Indian jewelry and gold, it's like quite a big deal in their culture. Yeah. And their gold is of very high quality and like all of that stuff. And the jewels are tend to be like passed down through the family. Like jewelry to them is like huge. Yeah, It's gorgeous. The lady comes in and says, I would love you to size my ring for me because I want to get the same size um, for my daughter. Can you help me? And I was like, yeah, great. She takes off this like old school ring. It's like got a huge ruby rock in the middle encrusted with like all these white diamonds all around. Where is this going? Right. Anyway, I chuck it on the ring sizer because people would come in all the time. They just want, it's like a shoe size. Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, put it on the ring sizer go to pull it off i'm like yeah here you go darling. it's size 54 it's stuck oh anyway so i'm pulling it's obviously just gone on in a bit of an angle i've never right. had this in my whole career there <laughs> worked there for like nearly five years got never the traumas had... of pandora oh anyway so it's stuck on this thing and she's just kind of staring at me across the counter like we've literally just got this counter in front of us she can see exactly what's going on yeah i just look at her and say just one moment <laughs> and I just excuse Save us with a smile Yeah I'm like Just a moment please Panicking I go out the back The girls are all out there Like on their lunch break And I go Walking I go Girls what the fuck I said this fucking ring Stuck on the fucking ring sizer And they're all like What do you mean What do you mean Anyway there's like Five of us girls at the back Frantically trying to get this ring off We're like Running it under the water We've got like Hand sanitizer Soap Trying to loosen this thing Can't get it off 
Anyway, this I'm like, just bizarre. What the fuck do I do? Like, if it was a Pandora ring, fine. I just walk out there and replace it and I yeah. could just write it off. Whatever. Mm. It's not. Mm. This thing's probably been passed down through her fucking family right. of generations. Yeah, it could have been fished out with the Titanic. So I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I don't know what came over me, but I had this metal rod in my hand. And in the room, there was like a huge metal safe that we obviously kept all the jewelry in. Right. And I just banged the rod on the safe. Oh my God. To hope that it was just like fall off. Yeah. Anyway, it twanged and it just shot off. And I was like, oh my God. Yes. Thank God. And we we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick it up. And it I shattered. looked down and there's three of the mini little diamonds missing. <gasps> and my heart just oh my God. sunk to the floor. And I was like, and I looked down on the floor and I literally could pick them up with my finger. These little diamonds. Oh my God. I found like two of them. And I was like, the girls were like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like what the <laughs> fuck do I even do here? God. I was like, I'm going to have to pay for this. I'm going to lose my job. Anyway, all of that in my mind, I just walked straight out to her and go, here you go, Dale. So sorry about that. I just gave it a bit of a polish up for you. She grabbed it, put it on her finger and just started to walk out the door. And what? I was like, Oh, without the diamonds. Thank God. Right. Well, she didn't think anything of it. Oh However, my God. she came she, back. She gets to the door. I'm watching her. I'm like, just leave, just leave, just leave. Please leave, please leave. I watch her look at her hand. She stops in her tracks. <laughs> hand up to her eyes. She's analysing. Looks to her husband. They have a bit of a quick chat. She turns around, comes straight back to me and says, excuse me, I think there's diamonds missing from my ring. And I was like, oh, where? And she's like, just <laughs> I don't see a here. thing. Deny till you die. Literally. And I just said to her, I'm like, oh, no, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure it was like that when you gave it to me. And then she turned to her husband and he said, yeah, darling, it was like that when you gave it to him. <laughs> and she, this poor woman, was convinced that she was crazy by me and her husband and she left. Oh, my God. You fully gaslit her. That's fucked. About her own ring. I still feel so guilty to say about that. Do you know the husband is the... Is, Saving grace. No, I was going to say he's the villain of this story. <laughs> <laughs> You're just innocently trying to do your thing. He's trying to make his wife seem like she's crazy. I could have at least maybe put the diamonds in a little bag and just handed them to her. Yeah, but, you know, then the crime is there, isn't Correct. it? Correct, yeah. You could have removed the evidence. Well, that's right. That's what happens when you're the boss. You just get to smash random people's family heirlooms and <laughs> never think about it or do anything about it again. Thank God you were the boss reporting to no one in that situation. Yeah, no. Not always I... the case, though, is it? Oh, no. I've had my fair share of... Have you? Horrible ones. Have you? Yeah, for sure. Not just a great Jennifer Aniston movie, it turns out. Horrible bosses, yeah, no. <laughs> Horrible bosses too. And so yeah, I've had right. two, three, four, and five. So t- talk me through that. Look, I mean, horrible, There's, I think there's different scales of horrible. If you use the movie as a reference, you know, mm. like there's, you know. People who are trying to molest you. Abusive. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've just had like, I've had some really bizarre bosses. So like when I was working in hospo, I think anyone who has worked in hospital knows that managers or people who own restaurants or cafes or bars are maybe a little bit strange. Yeah, it's the hospital crowd that just seems to attract some interesting and colourful characters, which is what we love about them. Yeah, definitely. One in particular, one of the jobs I had was my best friend and I, luckily enough, we've actually worked together at so many different of these weird jobs. So we've always been in it together. So you've got proof. Yeah. One of the ones that we worked for, a Lebanese bakery. (laughs) Yeah, good. That was fucked up. Really? So we worked for a guy who um, referred to his um, drug taking habits as Shifu. And every now and then he would say, that he had a really big week, big weekend on the Shifu, oh. which we're pretty sure, like, he was probably smoking ice. Let's yeah, just right. get serious. I thought you were going to say mid-shift. He'd be like, well, it's Shifu time. Well, he did. Oh, he definitely okay. did. Right. Yeah. And then he would come back in that zone and just like, so like in this big Lebanese bakery, you've got like a huge wood fire kind of oven where you heat up people's stuff. Mm. He would just like get really creative on the oven, like mid-lunch rush and be like, it's time to just like, he just wanted to start creating these little creations with dough and things. And I'd be like, get the fuck out of the way. Like I've got a line of like hungry Lebanese people yelling at me. (laughs) And he's like, Dal, why cook when you can create? And he's like cracking eggs into raw dough, trying to create like weird breakfast dishes. I'm like, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, we're actually flat chat. Um, Him and I ended up having some words multiple times. And then he asked me to never come back to the bakery. So that was good. Wonder what he's doing now. Yeah, probably still 
making some gorgeous dishes after some shifu. So big night on the shif. Uh But no, I mean, I've also had just like, I guess aside from like crazy bosses, I've just had bosses who, I mean, I'm, I say this in a way that like, it's not a bad thing, but it's, there's obviously people out there who maybe aren't meant to be leaders and mm-hmm. being a leader or being a manager, especially in corporate is like, it's not easy, hard, super mm. hard. And you know, like I think that if I didn't get made to be, you know, a manager when I was at that ripe age of 16, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like you Sling learn the, buns. That's right. You learn those skills along the way. And some people just kind of fall into it. And then before you know it, they've got a team of people that they have to look after. Mm. I've worked for a business before that was like, you know, a small business who had grown quite quickly. And then all of a sudden they needed a team of like, you know, 10 people to help them. And these just no knowledge of how to manage that team. hundred percent. There was no, like they didn't have any like training or development or like a HR person to give them advice or, you know, so there was a lot of, there's a lot of issues around that. And, you know, that's kind of something that in the coaching work that I'm doing now is like something that I feel like pretty passionate about. Cause I think that like workplace culture and like that, um, you know, management culture around like how to be a good leader and how to be a good manager is so important because the ripple effect of that is huge. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's a gap out there and a lot of businesses don't take it seriously. They don't think that that's important. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I definitely worked on that front as well where like, there's people who don't know how to lead. Yeah. Mm. Step one, no shifu. Stay off the shifu during <laughs> shift. Yeah. Step I've, one. um, I have done a fair stint in like events, mm. that kind of space. Again, lots of really intense people. Yeah. And you know, it's the nature of the work is that it's stressful deadlines and mm. you've got one shot to get it right. And a lot going on, mm-hmm. but like managers in the past who have just, burst into tears mm. like when something goes wrong on a shift and you're just sitting there being like okay yeah like how, and i'm i'm like how do we troubleshoot this like yeah, who do i yeah. need to get on the phone and they're like it's fucked it's not gonna happen it's not working well sometimes i just think how did you end up in that seat mm. how the fuck did you end up in being that person that we're all supposed to turn to because if you're losing it how do I hold it together? Like It's the people up the top. They're all crazy as well. So it just trickles down. Well, do you know what? I actually have always said, a wise person once said to me, and it stuck with me, is the fish rots at the head. Mm. And it's very true, Mitchell. <laughs> it's <laughs> very you, true. Confucius. Because <laughs> every business that I've worked for, like it, whether it be the CEO or whatever, if the, the top dog... Mm. doesn't behave correctly like that stuff filters down because every manager underneath can't doesn't have a chance to kind of you know yeah if the person above them is not supporting them so yeah no i've definitely worked in you know i've had people when i worked in hr i had people sort of coming to me and just saying like well that's your job like why don't you know how to do it if i'd turn to a manager like you know looking for some sort of advice Mm. or it's like that response, responses like that, that are just like, what? Like, can, yeah. can people even yeah, say what, that? Yeah, what, cunt? Yeah, like, can you actually say that to me? You're my boss. I'm asking you for a hand. <laughs> yeah, I just need a, a bit of an assist. I don't actually have anyone else to go to. Yeah. And you're telling me that to jump on Google and work it out. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so. I will say where I am now, there's a very well-placed leadership team. And it trickles, as we've said. Yeah. The fish also thrives from the head, It's it seems to be the case. Um, <laughs> lots of omega three in that thing. <laughs> Absolutely, and it shows. Like we're all just at work having a lovely time. I believe I definitely am. I don't know about the others. I don't really care. It's all about me. Well, I guess now we're both corporate girls, mm. and I think like a lot of people out there do work in office or an office environment or you know computer based roles. I guess so. Um, how did you end up there? Post Taco Bills. <laughs> Yeah, what was the timeline there? I look like it wasn't easy. Getting that first corporate job is really hard, Mm. and I think a lot of our listeners are kind of at that age. Correct. So listen in for this one. But it's yeah, it's like a hard slog. Like I was unemployed for you know eight months between yeah when I sort of quit my last job or was not doing as much there, Mm. looking for that first leg into the bustling corporate world. Yeah. And it's really hard to get in, like junior role, two years experience, please. Hundred percent. Um, but my current job is the first one, pretty much. Yeah. Um And you've made headway in that. And it just goes to show, like, you know, I I graduated with my degree in PR and comms mm. and when I graduated I was like, I don't wanna go and do 
like work straight away. Like I took a year off. I went traveling. Mm. I was like, you know, the gap year I never had, blah, blah, blah. And in that industry, in PR, if anyone knows it or you're studying it now, it is so competitive. So competitive. To the point where like everyone that I was studying with in their third year was already had an internship and was working for free. And, and I just didn't care. Mm. I didn't think I needed to do that. Yeah. And not it turns out like I didn't really want to get into that actual field anyway, but you know, there are things out there that you've got to do to kind of, if you, if you're serious about it, you do have to actually kick yourself up the bum and keep pushing. Like you said, to get through that door because there's going to be someone else who's going to push harder than Mm. you. If you don't, I think like asking for help in those early days of your career is like the biggest golden ticket. Like, and that's not necessarily being like, Hey, I need a job, Mm. but like people who, you know, who are in your industry being like, can you look at my resume or like, Mm. Do you, can I come and like shadow you for a day? Which sounds shit, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, is there an internship that I can do for free? Or yeah, you know, just that sh- that bucket kicking shit. Yeah, don't be Adrian and don't think you're above it mm. because you're not. <laughs> Once again, not like you at all. No, no, exactly. And that's a that's a huge learn for me looking back. Was you know, don't think that you're good too good to have to do that stuff and it'll just work out. And you know what? For a lot of moments in my career things always did just work out. I could talk the talk enough and things always worked out or I knew someone, mm. but fast forward to now, like, you know, anyone who's followed my career journey since I lost my job, getting a new job. And yes, it has been COVID. It's obviously a challenging time, but mm. just as a whole, like sometimes it just doesn't work out and you no. do have to slog at it for, you know, yeah. months and months and get knocked back. Like you, the amount of knockbacks that I've had mm. in the last tw- 12 months, is phenomenal. Like, and there were so many moments where I was like, well, that fucking sucked. Like Mm. I thought that was going to be the one or whatever. And there's literally nothing else you can do, but just keep going. Cause if you want the outcome, you have to keep applying. And sometimes eventually it just kind of does work out. Like my job that I have now, I pretty much got it because I went to the interview and I had actually had interactions with the company before because I was randomly talent in one of their ads that they made once. Mm -hmm. And I walked in and the producer who had produced my ad spot was just not even interviewing me, was just in the room wrapping up a meeting. And she was like, oh my God, he's so great. So you need to get him. All you need. Little did they know that I was so hungover on that shoot, I actually vomited in the parking lot. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you got a problem. I know. <laughs> These work stories are really bringing it out of me. You'll never get a job again after this. <laughs> um, they love me. But, right. you know, it does just sometimes fall into place and then you're in. That's exactly how I got this last job. Hmm. Um, through so a podcast through listening to a podcast and just sending a DM like you know when it's meant to be it will be but I guess for anyone who is job hunting right now or maybe even someone who's looking to change careers what are some hot tips just to wrap up this app that we can give them um, what's your number one number one I think I've already kind of said it is just be like around other people make sure that you're talking to as many people as you can network I, yeah network mm. get on it it sounds daggy and very wanky yeah. but it's actually a requirement in this gig economy that we've found ourselves looking for jobs in. 100%. And I think for most, especially in corporate, you need to. Mm. You definitely need to. Like, And look, I can't speak to trades. I can't speak to any of that. No. We're I not, can speak we're to not retail. girls on the tools. No, I can speak to retail and corporate. That's it. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I think to further from that, get a LinkedIn. Yep. These are my H. This is my... When I used to be a recruiter, these are the things that I would look for. So these are some hot tips coming straight out of the horses Ages now. hot takes. Ages, <laughs> ages hot tips to landing a job, even though I couldn't land one for myself. <laughs> for many months. Get a LinkedIn. It's super important. Um, recruiters and people in HR will search for you on there. And even if it's super basic, it's just a really good look to have a profile. Mm-hmm. Make sure you've got a photo on there. Make sure it's up to date. Mm. Make sure that it matches your current resume because the amount of times that I can tell you where I've gone and looked at someone's LinkedIn and then they've decided to add some fluff to their resume but forgot to update their LinkedIn, mm. that's called a discrepancy. Yeah. That's called <laughs> that, a lie. It's called a red flag. That's called a do not hire. Yeah. So there's my first tip. Second tip is back yourself in and have some confidence around especially when like you know if someone calls you for a phone screen or an interview sell yourself and not in a way that's like i'm good at this this and this but know what you're worth in that moment Mm. because a recruiter can feel that Mm. and that is what will help them 
remember you. And I think mm. being remembered is probably the best thing. Cause at the end of the day, like I'll be honest, when I was a recruiter, I've, I've just got a job to do. Yes. Yeah. I want to make a good hire. I'm feeling a role, but I've also just got a job to do. People are just numbers to you. Fucking snacks. Yeah. Well, to a Vultures. degree. Yes. Like, you know, and I would have deadlines to meet for clients and things like that. And mm. so work with that and play to your strengths. At the end of the day, recruiters trying to help you get the job. So mm. be known, send them a follow up email, send them a follow up phone call, be first person that they think of in their mind. Yeah. Cause you probably means you'll be the first one that they call when it's time to fill the job. Yeah. In my interview, they said, what do you want out of this role? And I just said, I want to be the dumbest person in the room. Oh, you're such a wanker, <laughs> but I would have hired you <laughs> literally. Yeah. Cause it's memorable. Yeah. 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 Smart. There Good you go. One. I guess just to finish, final piece of advice that I will just say is if you don't like your job currently, please leave it. Yeah, make a change. And this comes from someone who made a change very recently. I mean to say, if you don't feel good there or you don't feel happy there or like, and this might not even be because it's a bad workplace or anything like that. It might just be like, hey, I think I want to become a fashion designer. Mm. go and do it mm. go and do it because there's something there's a reason why you feel that way and you're probably not going to be fulfilled in your day to day until you do it and that has been Adrian's Hot Takes cha-ching <laughs> free advice <laughs> okay <laughs> anyway on that note I think we're pretty much done for this week aren't we yeah I'm done I'm do you good. have anything else to say any any more lyricals to wax or? no no I'm done we've got to get home before I turn into a pumpkin yeah that's true the this, clock is actually ticking this lockdown's about to it's looming yeah got a long drive back over over the bridge <laughs> Oh, well, guys, if this is the first time you've listened to us, then please hit follow, subscribe, or whatever else you need to hit, depending on the platform that you're on, um, because that way you'll get to know when we launch a new app every week. And then get on your LinkedIn, create an account, yeah. and then get on the Instagram and go follow at Message on the Machine because we post great stuff there semi frequently. <laughs> Adrian posts great stuff there <laughs> most days. I think we'll just reword that, but yeah, sure. Anyway, to your uh, own horn. It's not a job interview, Dal. Oh, sorry. I've tooted my own horn so many times this episode. It Seriously. makes me feel sick. Oh, how do you think I feel? I'm bloody <laughs> leaning over into this bucket. <laughs> That's just because you're hungover again. <laughs> True. Um, and also, guys, please screenshot this and share it around or tell a friend about it because that is how we grow. And we love to see all of your posts online. Yeah, that's pretty much the sum of it, isn't it? And on that note, good luck out there, guys. Yeah, we'll see you at the next one.